Welcome to the Wealth Experience podcast series where our subject matter experts provide the latest updates on what's happening in the world around us. Brought to you by BMO Private Wealth. Hello, everyone. This is uh, Sid Bendley's Bois, Senior Vice President, National Sales Manager with BMO Private Wealth. And I'm pleased to have with me today John Waters, Vice President, Director of Tax Consulting Services, BMO Wealth Planning and Advisory Services. John, it's great to have you here. So thank you for uh, for joining us. These are extraordinary times, and we are interested in your take on government tax and fiscal response. Help us break us uh, break this down. There's been a lot of speak about it, and I think it's still rather confusing to to most people. And so I've uh, I've gonna I'm gonna propose a few questions, and we'd have to uh, happy to get your your answers on this. So uh, here we go. What assistance uh, has been offered thus far by the federal government to individuals? Yeah, thanks, Sylvain. Certainly, these are unprecedented times. Uh, we're seeing a lot of measures that would normally take months to design and implement that are coming through in, in days and weeks. So, as relates to individuals, there's been a number of initiatives. Uh, I think about the increase in the GST credit, uh, the enhanced Canada Child Benefit, um, some delays in the tax filing deadlines and the payment of tax, quicker access to EI, uh, mortgage support, uh, decrease in the 2020 RIF minimums by 25%, and uh, student loan repayments have been delayed by six months, just to name a few. Fantastic. We've, I've also heard about the, the Canada Emergency Response Benefit, CERB, I guess for short, uh, that just became available. Can you please tell us a little bit about that? Sure. So this just actually became available as of yesterday, and so I think there was you know literally hundreds of thousands of people applying for it already. Uh, but this is an amount of uh, $2,000 per month for up to four months. It is available to individuals who have stopped working because of the COVID crisis. So they may have been laid off, perhaps are sick or uh, in quarantine themselves as a result. Uh, so the expectation is that these individuals would not have any employment or self-employment income for a period of 14 consecutive days within a four-week period and, and thereafter. And uh, it's, it's a taxable amount that um, requires someone to be at least age 15 and have earned at least $5,000 in 2019 or in the 12 months preceding that. Okay, fantastic. So four months at $2,000 for, for individuals, uh, a benefit that one must apply for. What about business, uh, business owners? Is there assistance or special assistance for, for business owners? Yes, there's also been a, a number of initiatives for business owners. I would talk uh, from a general level about um, you know, Bank of Canada reducing its interest rates and taking steps to increase liquidity to banks and mortgage lenders. The increase in access to credit through a business credit availability program, which is providing up to $65 billion of credit solutions through the Business Development Bank and Export Development Canada. That includes interest-free loans of up to $40,000 to small business or nonprofits that had a 2019 payroll of between $50,000 and $1 million. Uh, this uh, is called the Canada Emergency Business Account, and if it's repaid by December 31, December 2022, up to 25% of this $40,000 loan or $10,000 could be forgiven. I would also mention that... Um, BMO is offering um, six-month deferral on mortgages and loans and lines of credits or interest-only payments. It's also extending additional credit and operating lines. 
Uh, so please be sure to reach out to your business banking relationship manager. They're certainly well prepared for these conversations about extending credit or access to this new Canada emergency business account. And I would just finally mention that um, the duration of the EI work sharing program has been doubled from 38 to, to 76 weeks. This is a program that helps employers avoid layoffs by providing income support to EI-eligible employees who temporarily reduce their work week because of the downturn. Okay, fantastic. And so you mentioned it briefly. Uh, speaking to your uh, your business banking uh, partners is probably a great place to start for some of these benefits for business owners. Do I understand that the government is offering wage subsidies? So going down that path, that's been talked about. Can you briefly outline what your what your view is of these incentives? Yeah, there's actually two wage subsidy programs that have been introduced by the government in the past few weeks. So the first one came out um, two or three weeks ago, and it's a bit more modest. It, it provides a 10% wage subsidy. Uh, on salary wages or bonuses or other remuneration to eligible employees. Uh, it covers a, a three-month period from March 18th to June 19th, and as I mentioned, provides a subsidy of up to 10% of wages to a maximum of $1,375 per employee uh, and also capped at $25,000 per employer. It's available to individuals, charities, MPOs, and partnerships, and corporations that are Canadian-controlled private companies. This amount is uh, applied against payroll remittances to, to the CRA, uh, i.e. the income tax on the, the wages that are paid uh, to, to employees. Uh, so there is an element of immediate relief by reducing these payroll deductions. Now, on the other hand, more recently, there's been a um, uh, another program called the Canada Emergency Wage Subsidy, um, which provides up to 75% of up to three months of um, uh, wages to a maximum of $847 per week uh, per employee. And I should mention that there is no cap like there is in the first one, so it's, it's really a, a function of the size of the workforce. Uh, the, these amounts are retroactive to March 15th and applicable all the way to the 12-week period up to June 6th. Now, the key criterion here is that there has to be a decrease in revenue by at least 30% as compared to the same March, April, and May period in 2019. We're comparing the gross revenue in these same periods in, in March, April, and May of 2020, and the employer would have to attest to that 30% reduction. This is available to companies of any size. Uh, there's no, not a requirement that you have to be a CCPC, unlike the first subsidy. So it's available more broadly and to, to companies as well as NPOs and charities. This, this program also provides, and many of our uh, owner manager companies might also have paid themselves a salary. So there is a provision for non-arms length salaries to uh, wages to be subsidized, but um, there are some restrictions to, to come to prevent a significant increase in payments during this period otherwise. So at this stage, we don't actually have the, haven't seen the draft legislation. It's still being developed. As I mentioned, uh, you know, this is a very significant program and, and being developed in a rather short period of time. So, so more to come on this one and we expect Parliament uh, to be resumed in the coming days or weeks uh, to pass this important legislation. Fantastic. Thank you. That's a great, uh, that's a great summary. Now, shifting gears a little bit, we talked about funds for individuals and support for businesses. 
What about taxes? This is tax time uh, that we are in or coming up to. Is there a strategy that one can avoid some taxing or taxes uh, or defer any payments uh, for now? Yeah, so the government has also made some changes there and provided some relief. So for individuals, normally we'd be now in April, just a few weeks away from the tax deadline on April 30th. That has been extended, the personal tax deadline, from April 30th to June 1st. And also payments that would otherwise be due upon filing on, on April 30th. Any outstanding tax is now due for individuals on September 1st, in, including going forward the June 15th installment. I should also mention for those that are self-employed, the tax deadline still remains at June 15th for the time being. But with the payment that would otherwise be due for any uh, estimated 2019 taxes has been also extended from April 30th to uh, September 1st, including that June 15th installment. As it relates to businesses, similarly, all businesses can defer their payment of any tax until September 1st for any amounts that were owing after March 18th to September of 2020. Now, many businesses will have the requirement to pay their final tax installment two or three months after the year end. So those amounts, particularly for, say, on March 31st, would also be extended. This includes any income tax balances due or installments under Part 1 of the Act, uh, which would be the, sort of the normal tax liability, but notably doesn't include uh, part four tax, which is the refundable tax on investment income. So that's status quo with that. It also doesn't include uh, payroll remittances, which are still due uh, subject to the wage subsidy that I mentioned before. Now, in terms of filing for corporate returns, those are still due six months after for most companies. So think of the December year end. That's still due on June 30th, as it stands today. Uh, but for companies that had... Um, a tax deadline, filing deadline between March 18th and June 1st, the, uh, an October 31st year end, resulting in an April 30th tax filing deadline. That uh, due date has been extended to June 1st. I would also mention that all businesses, including self-employed, uh, can now defer their GST and HST remittance payments and any customs duties on imports until June 30th. CRA has also suspended audit activities and collection procedures. And then finally, for our clients that might have family trusts and wondering about tax deadlines or taxes owing, uh, normally those are due 90 days after year end. So most family trusts would probably have a December year end. Those tax returns would have been due on March the 30th. That's been extended to May 1st. And the payment of any outstanding tax uh, for those returns is now due on September 1st. Very good. Lots of extensions and deferrals by the sounds of it. Too many probably for, for the audience here to, to remember is is a, a phone call to an accountant and, and your accounting partner is the best place to start to make sure one has a clear vision on, on all of this? Yeah, and we actually also have a client publication that we're just updating and uh, we can, we'll provide a really good link on the CRA website that uh, shows all these deadlines by type of taxpayer that will be uh, linked in that document as well. So have an eye for that. Before we sign off today, any other tax planning strategies that you think are worth mentioning on, on the call today? Yeah, I mean, we're certainly having a lot of conversations with the, with our clients, and some are looking for more access to, to funds. And so if we're looking at our investment accounts, obviously we, we don't want to touch the registered accounts. Uh, CRA has sort of acknowledged that by reducing the amount of RIF um, minimums for 2020, but we think about getting funds from the TFSA or the non-registered accounts, but keeping in mind that there may be a... Um, 
a tax implication to selling securities in your non-registered account. But uh, with markets being down, perhaps there's some capital losses that could be realized to offset gains realized earlier in the year, or perhaps create a uh, capital loss that could be carried back to recover some tax paid on capital gains in the last three years. We're also monitoring the interest rates for prescribed rates. We expect those to go down uh, probably in the third quarter in, in July, down uh, from 2% to, to 1%. So that creates an opportunity to do that type of planning if that rate uh, decreases further. And then I, I think for our business owners, uh, longer term, we're talking about um, possible estate freeze strategies and and just very briefly, this is a way to transfer future growth to the next generations working in the business, often done on a tax-deferred basis, but the founders would generally have to retain the current value of their shareholdings. But with the, um, mark, the potentially depressed valuation in this downturn, the current value might be lower, which provides potential to transfer higher amounts to that next generation in the hopes that the valuations eventually do bounce back which could result in some income-splitting benefits or savings and, and tax deferral by reducing tax on the ultimate death of the founders. So, uh, obviously, there's sort of a, a complex strategy here, and, and best to reach out to your accountants and lawyers uh, with regards to implementation, but certainly for those that have been maybe considering the strategy in the past, this, this may be a good time to think about implementing. Fantastic. I'm not sure how you keep all of this thing uh, straight, uh, John. Your, your knowledge is tremendous here. You've been a great resource for us. As always, and we very much appreciate the help in simplifying these uh, these topics. Uh, most of them pretty complex for uh, for the average individual who doesn't spend uh, as much time on taxes as as you clearly do. So, for our clients on the call, please keep in regular contact with your advisor. And some of you might have heard me say this on previous podcasts, but I cannot stress enough the importance of keeping the lines of communication open during these 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 troubling times. Uh, keeping you informed is one of our ongoing objectives. And while content like this is useful, I would say nothing substitutes substitutes a good conversation with, with your advisor. So above all, please do take care and stay safe and sound. Thank you, John, for your insights today. And thank you for all who have listened in. Have a great day. This podcast series has been brought to you by BMO Private Wealth. Please join us again.